feeling not so good. Podcasting hour is back, ladies and gentlemen. My name is still Darian. It hasn't changed. I have not changed my name. It is still, in fact, Darian. Uh, I am uh, doing it alone again this weekend, mates. I'm still a, a bit under the weather. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if you can tell. I feel much better than I did last week. I probably sound a little bit better, a little bit, but uh, I still got it. I still got whatever it is. It's funky. It's disgusting. You don't. You don't want it. And for that reason, I have chosen to uh, exclude Mike, or uh, <laughs> Mike is, uh, Buddy and Jason from the show this evening. I gave it to my family. They all, they all have it now. My kids are running around. Uh, my son coughed himself into a vomit the other night. It's disgusting. Uh, all over his bedroom floor. Uh, my daughter, I feel like, is it's creeping up on her. My wife's got it. She couldn't go to work today. Uh... Yeah, I'm fe- I'm feeling pretty good. They are not. They're on the the down the down slope, and I'm on the upslope. So, uh, pretty soon I'm going to have to barricade the door to this room. While I'm feeling much better, I don't want to get it again. Once you have it, though, I don't think you can get it back, can you? The 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 cold and flu. It's not COVID. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, you motherfuckers, you're going to give me COVID over the podcast. I'm not. I don't have COVID. Nobody I know. Well. Some dudes at work had COVID, but that was like a month ago, and we're all pretty much good now. All right, enough about me. I'm feeling fine. Don't don't worry about it. Uh, we got some uh, listener mail, horror news, all the usual uh, the usual time sucks that we have here in the padded room for you this evening. Why don't we kick things off with a little horror news? horror news yes sir are you ready for a john wick spinoff i think there's already there's been that tv show right the hotel artemis or whatever it was called i never watched it i've got a confession to make ladies and gentlemen i have only seen the first john wick movie i know i'm sorry i'm wildly behind on all kinds of viewing Clearly, um, it's not really horror news, but there's going to be a John Wick, another John Wick spinoff. Uh, Keanu Reeves and Ian McShane uh, are going to be making appearances. I don't know if this is a movie or another TV show or what the fuck we're doing here. Um, I like the first John Wick. I just never got around to the rest of them. I'm sorry. That doesn't make me a bad person. I don't feel like that makes me a bad person. 
That just makes me a guy that has to watch a certain amount of horror movies every week in order to keep up with this nonsensical podcast. You see? You see what you're doing to me, people? You've ruined my life. <laughs> now I'm just feeling sorry for myself. Uh, but it's kind of horror news because like the there's a horror element, I feel, to all of that. Like the... The backdrop is very gothic and dark, um, at least in the first one it was. Uh, that hotel, that's pretty cool, right? It's got like a, some kind of a horror vibe, a, a feel to it with all the, you know, uh, on-call surgeons and things of that nature. So it's, it's, I'm sure one of these days I will get caught up. I just don't know when, probably after my kids go off to college. What else we got here? All jacked up and full of worms. That is the title to a movie. It is now streaming on Screenbox. Now, it sounds interesting. I'll tell you that. However, I've got to be honest with you, inmates. I have found in my uh, somewhat extensive horror experience that whenever they go for an ironic title, it usually doesn't turn out to be a good movie. Case in point, a little film called Don't Fuck in the Woods. That is probably one of, if not the worst, uh, horror films I've seen in a very long time. You got my attention by calling it Don't Fuck in the Woods, and I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be some kind of a horror comedy. It's not. It's, it, it, I mean, they were, I feel like they were kind of going for that, but it's bad. It's a bad movie. Bad production value, uh, horrible acting, uh, bargain basement special effects, a tired ass plot line that has been recycled again and again and what it all boils down to for don't fuck in the woods is uh some guy talked his stripper friends into making this horseshit movie so there's plenty of nudity in it i'll give you that uh not not uh not uh i wouldn't call it quality nudity if you understand what i'm saying some of you people maybe keep your clothes on is what that's all i don't mean to be rude about it i'm just saying that you know sometimes less is more uh when it comes to the anatomy. <laughs> All jacked up and full of worms. I don't know if I'm into it. I, it's, I, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm flirting with Screenbox, number one. Because they have... I looked... I downloaded it. I downloaded it to my uh, Roku box. I was perusing the titles. Uh, they've got Terrifier 2 right now. And they've also got uh, that It documentary. Um... Other than that, there isn't really anything on there that I saw that I can't get off of either Tubi or Shutter. So I don't, I don't know. Can somebody make a compelling argument for Screenbox for me? Because I had it once, and I uh, killed it because they didn't have anything. So I don't know if I don't know if I want to fall in love with Screenbox again, and only to be hurt. I'm very fragile that way. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, there's now a. <laughs> There is now a uh, official Cthulhu Chia Pet, my friends. You remember the Chia Pet? God, those things were huge in the early 90s, I think. Ch-ch-ch-chia. It's from the makers of the uh, Clapper. <laughs> the Clapper. I can't laugh too much because then I'll start coughing, you motherfuckers. The Clapper. <laughs> How can you say Clapper and not immediately think of a pussy? <laughs> God damn it. See? You did it. Uh, Chia pets. Remember, the? it's like a little um, houseplant thing. You ba- They send you like a little statue kind of a thing. I remember one of them was O.J. Simpson. And you put the, the schmutz on his head and then you water it. And then he like grows out a Chia Afro. 
Uh, I think that was before the the murders. I could be wrong about that. Anyway, now you got yourself a Cthulhu Chia Pet. Uh, it's basically the same concept. Cthulhu can grow a green afro if you would, uh, and then maybe you could style it in some weird way. The statue actually looks pretty cool, but I'm not going. I, I I'm not going to do. I'm not going to get a Chia Pet. Uh, my dogs will probably eat it. Um, and I don't want the responsibility of having to water something every day, whether I feel like it or not. So there is that. What else we have here? Uh, the Crooked Man. You remember this guy? Uh, this was this was supposed was supposed to be another one of the Conjuring spinoffs. Uh, it has official. It is officially not happening, and that news comes to us directly from James Wan himself. Um, I'm okay with that, man. I'm I'm all right with that because uh, I mean there was some meat on that bone, so to speak. I I was interested. Um, he made a quick little appearance in The Conjuring Two, if you recall, but he looked to me an awful lot like Jim Carrey from The Mask. He had like a purple zoot suit kind of a thing going on, and uh, I don't know. It was pretty bad CGI uh, there. I would have been interested to hear his backstory, but I'm okay. With this, because this conjuring business is getting a little out of hand. What are we in line for now? Another nun movie? That's I don't want nun nun movie. I, nun mo- <laughs> There's a joke to be made there, but I'm not gonna even attempt it. Uh, the first nun movie was crap, dudes. Uh, our batting average with Annabelle is like one out of three. Uh, the conjuring movies themselves, I feel like, are pretty good. One, two, and three; those are pretty good. But you get into all this fucking nonsense with the nun and the Annabelle and all that shit. Let's not lose lose uh, track of what what's going on here, friends. And that's that. Uh, you know, we're beating around the bush with the Amityville horror. The 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 Warrens were the ones to actually investigate the Amityville horror house. Why are we? Why have we not been there yet? Is it just because? Uh, I don't know. I don't know why we haven't been there. What else we got here? Uh, Scream 6 has been pushed up to March of 2023. Dudes, that's literally right around the corner. That's like five months from now, right? Uh, uh, Like four months, really. I don't know. I don't know what what the date is. I hope they have already started shooting this fucking thing because that is literally right around the corner. Um, I hope, but I also hope that they are not rushing this. Because whenever that happens, we get some bullshit. I feel like that's what happened with Halloween Ends, is that they tried to crank it out inside a year, and uh, we got a bunch of bullshit. That, that, that's a whole other show in itself. All right, that's all I got on the uh, horror news, my friends. You guys ready for some listener mail? Listener mail. Yes, ma'am. I have got listener mail for you. I just need to locate it real quick. Uh, Before I get into the regular listener mail, the emails and the voicemails, I need to mention up front that I got some actual mail in my mailbox uh, this week, courtesy of our own Tom Hardy. He sent me some more of his uh, world-famous Spectral Stagecoach beer. Which is really good beer. He makes it himself. Um, Tom Hardy, if you're listening, I'm going to tell you, man. You get yourself a website, and we can. I can. Uh, you will be the official beer of the Padded Room Podcast, 
And you don't even have to keep sending it to me. You just give me a website and I will send people there to buy Spectral Stagecoach beer because it's actually really good. Um, I don't know what the alcohol content in that is or if he's put roofies in it or not. But I can tell you what else he put in the package that he sent me. And that's all my old porn that I sent to him like a year ago for being a Patreon uh, uh, donator. So now I am, uh, again, stocked up on pornography. So <laughs> if anybody wants to make a $5 donation to the Patreon page, I will send you some twice-used pornos. <laughs> once by me, once by Tom Hardy. And uh, that will be included with your travel mug and your uh, T-shirt in the month of December or whatever. So thank you very much for the beer, Tom Hardy. Um, yeah, dude, seriously, it's really good beer. And if you want to uh, get into business, you let me know. I will, you, I, I will handle your advertising. There will literally be uh, probably 6 to 12 people that will know about Spectral Stagecoach beer. <laughs> <coughs> All right, into the regular horror news, you motherfuckers. Here comes some uh, emails. Oh, shit. Uh, Voicemails, the usual shenanigans. Let's start things off out in jolly old England. Here comes the horror slut. Subject line, manners. Evening, gent, or possibly gents. I do hope you are feeling better and that everyone is healthy. For Terradome this week, I have to agree with the Predators for the easy win. Now, since Tom asked politely and did vote for my nurses, you have permission to share the bribery with him. Hee-hee. <laughs> I did finally watch both Laid to Rest movies, and for a no-thinking movie and a slasher, I rather enjoyed the movies. Time to get my shift started. I hope everyone has had a safe and healthy week. Cat. Uh, good news and bad news, Cat. Uh, good news. I am happy to share the bribery with uh, Tom Hardy. Bad news. I deleted it once uh, I looked at it because, you know... I don't, I don't, as promised, your quote unquote bribery is going to be safe uh, here in the padded room. So if you want to uh, fix up some new bribery and, uh, you know, maybe, um, I don't know, uh, maybe like a nice backdrop or something in a, uh, like a laundry, like a lacy kind of, a, I don't know, whatever you want to do, you send it to me, I will forward it to Tom Hardy and that will be that. Uh, thank you very much for writing in, Cat. Let me put you down for the Predators. I have a feeling this is going to be a blowout this week in Maze. Two more for the Predators. Um, quick announcement before I get into the rest of the email. No fights tonight as we are closing out the finals. Um, but uh, we, I will announce the finals uh, tonight, and then we will continue on to the conference championships uh, next week. Now, after this round of the Terra Dome, I'm going to bring back an old segment. I'm not going to tell you which one, but I'm bringing it back uh, for a limited run until we get into next year's Terra Dome. I think you're going to like it. We haven't done it in a while, and uh, it's something that I always enjoyed. And things have changed since the last time we've done it. I don't want to give too much away, but I'm excited for it, and I think you guys will be too. Right on, Cat. Thanks for writing in. Uh, let's get back here to Reno, Nevada. Here comes. The Cowboy, El Gabacho, subject line, Scares. Evening, Padded Room. Hope everyone is doing well and made it in tonight. And Hope you're feeling better, Darian. I feel much better. Um, at this point, I mean, the co- a cold is a cold is a cold. And I've had many a cold in my day. 
Uh, what's really bothering me is this pinched fucking nerve thing. That's what's really pissing me off. But I feel like that's getting better too. So thanks for the well wishes, cowboy. Uh, really short tonight as I'm working 9 to 9 this week, as far as I know. Pterodome, Predators for the easy win. Educate, are you off-season? It's on my list because I dig Richard Brake as an actor. I am off-season uh, there, cowboy. And I'm curious to know how you figured that out, because if you haven't seen it, then how the fuck did you figure that out? Unless you're in my backyard watching me podcast again, you son of a bitch. Get out here, cowboy! God damn it. Uh, I did get to scare a bunch of teenagers for Halloween, but I was nice to the little kids. I am working on making a pyramid head helmet, (laughs) and we'll share pics. Very cool, cowboy. Back to working my ass off. Hope everyone has a great week, and catch you on the flip, cowboy. That's cool, man. I love that about you. I wish I had time uh, to build some, like, horror, you know, uh, I don't know. I I couldn't do cosplay. I'm way too self-conscious for that. But, like, some kind of horror replica kind of a thing. Like, Jason... Uh, Harold, he's into that. He's got like some actual screen used props from like the underworld movies and stuff. But if I could just like nail down the details of, uh, I don't know, maybe the axe from the shining or something like that. Uh, I know, uh, some, a friend of ours daughter made a spot on replica of the Necronomicon, which I did not, I was not presented with. You would think it would come right to the horror guy, which is me. But apparently she decided to give it to one of her teachers instead. Rude. Anyway, enough about that. Not that I'm bitter or anything. God damn it, Addy. Uh, Let's see here. Oh, we got some voicemails to get into. Let's see who's up on the voicemail line. First up, it's our main man in Alabama. Uh, Mr. Laid to Rest himself. Alan is in the house. Room. What's, up? What's up, Alan? Hope everybody's doing good. Darian, hope you're feeling better. I'm, do- I'm doing better. So you Thanks asked about much. Alabama liquor laws. Yeah. Um, after 2 a.m. on, you know, Saturday night, Sunday morning, whatever, okay. you can't buy anything until afternoon on Sunday. That's not too bad. We still have dry counties, and some right. of the dry counties have... Um, wet cities where you can buy alcohol, but okay. other than those cities, you can't, uh, that's, uh, Alabama liquor law right there. Okay. Uh, you can't buy, like, whiskey and tequila and stuff at the grocery store. You have to go to either a package store or wow. a ABC store. Okay. Um, you can get beer and stuff, of course, at gas stations. Sure. Um, grocery stores, things like that. Yeah. Anyway, Terror Dome. What do you got, bud? Give me the Sawyers. Whoa, the all Sawyers. I'm thinking, Predator got beat by Danny Glover. That's, well, um, also, Predators have been beaten with, you know, tomahawks and well, traps and stuff. And the Sawyers, they got chainsaws, they got guns. That's they true. have at least one grenade, if they, you remember from part two. They uh, do Chop have Chop was a in, grenade. was a Vietnam vet. He was batshit crazy. Don't know about the hitchhiker. But he was silly. I just like the idea of a Predator getting chopped up and eaten. Okay. Cool. Sure. Anyway, let's see what else. Um, <clears throat> I watched Terrifier two this week. Yeah, what'd you think? That was really good. Nice. Uh, last week I forgot to mention I watched uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow like you did. Oh, I nice. Really liked it. Yeah, man. Um, for a made-for-TV movie. Oh yeah, I watched Taxon from nineteen twenty-two. Oh wow, that was cool. That is cool. And silent movie. As far as uh, Last Circus, I didn't watch it, but I've seen it before. Oh, cool. 
That movie's not. That is not what anyway, I was expecting. <laughs> uh, I don't know who Mysterion is. I feel like it's something probably Lovecraftian. It is. Uh, as I said, I hope everybody's doing good. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Right on, Alan. Thanks for calling in. We'll get more into The Last Circus uh, when we get to immersion therapy. But Jesus fucking Christ, man. That was not at all what I was expecting. It's. I read the description. It was like, Oh, love triangle with the clown and the other clown and then the trapeze artist. I was like, oh, well, I mean, there's some creepy looking clowns on the thumbnail. And then you watch the movie and holy shit, man, we went full on with the uh, with the uh, the fucking Uzis and the grenades and the uh, weird uh, all uh, weird Pope outfits. Go well. All right. I don't want to I don't want to pop that cherry just yet. But anyway. Uh, Alan, I'm putting you down for the Sawyers. That's a bold move, my friend. But you know what? I know Alan, and I know him to be a bold man. And bold men make bold decisions. And I'm sorry you can't buy alcohol after uh, 2 a.m., Alan. I'm coming to you from Reno, Nevada, my friend. You understand that? Uh, I can can buy a six-pack of beer at my kid's uh, grade school. You walk into most of the casinos, they hand you a pack of cigarettes and a lighter. Mr. Brock, we're sorry. We we know you're not a smoker, but we, we do have to ask that the cigarette be lit and that it be in your hand at all times. <laughs> That's Reno, Nevada for you, baby. You will be greeted at the door by a prostitute. Uh, let's see here. We have another voicemail here. This one is coming from Mr. Spectral Stagecoach himself. Uh, Tom Hardy is in the house. Hey yo, Patty's room. How's my favorite degenerates this week? It's just me again. Darian, hope you're feeling better. I am. There, buddy. I'm feeling uh, much better. Thank you very much. Just the same. Appreciate you putting out a solo show. You know, I will I know, not uh, miss a week. Can't be easy, especially when you ain't feeling good. It's uh, okay. Yeah, for the inmates, we do appreciate well, it. I'm here for you guys. But that said, uh, fuck you, Darian. No. Anyhow, uh, there was one thing I did want to get out. You know, I thought was kind of in poor taste last week hmm. when you were supposed to be telling us. About the opening of Laid to Rest. Okay. And then instead, for whatever reason, you started impersonating the ladies on your dates or at the end of your date. Uh, who am I? What's what's going on here? Where am I? Why is my bra? Whoa. I just thought it was important, <laughs> sir. Uh, anyway, I've got my tactics. Um, hey, I did want to get in uh, on the fucking Terror Dome. Yeah, what do you think, buddy? And, you know, I got to, initially, I got to agree with you, man. I was predators, like, yeah, right? predators all the fucking way, man. Yeah. Uh, they got technology, they got stealth, etc. But, uh, you know, ladies, you're not the only one that can bribe. I got a little something in my inbox from oh, is that uh, what's going Cha-Cha's on? Behind the Road. Okay. And you know what? Uh, give me the Sawyer family all the way, man. Already. Yeah, that's right. Sawyer's Nobody it else is. gets to see it, just me. I got you. <laughs> uh, you know what? One other thing. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. No bullshit. Give me the Sawyers. Okay, you're in. You're going to have to take it easy on the educating. Uh, you got to play by the fucking rules. I'm, you're way out there. I, I have no fucking clue. It's a new And then movie. I'm probably going to kick myself in the ass. Because, I don't think yeah, you've I seen it. Seen that flick. It's called Off Season. Uh, on the, what are you looking at, Department? What I did got? get to catch a couple of flicks, man. Hmm. Um, this uh, movie called um, My Best Friend's Exorcism. Okay. And I had heard about this flick because uh, there's a book, I guess. Grady something. I can't remember the guy's full name, but okay. um, last uh, 
the Survivor Girl Support Group. Last girl. I can't remember the exact name. You get it. It's like uh, all the final girls, you know, yeah, have yeah. a support group where they get together. They talk about their trials, tribulations, and what have you. Sure. Great read for a book. Okay. And uh, one of his other titles is this: uh, My Best Friend's Exorcism. Okay. I uh, haven't read the book, what do you but the uh, I did catch the flick. Gotta say, it's kind of light. It's listed as a horror comedy. Okay. And uh, kind of comes off light on both uh, aspects. I think I was kind of hoping that, that you know, by uh, by the time of you know, I mean, it follows the tradition of all exorcisms. You know, you got right. the movies going on, and then uh, you know, you get to the big big conclusion the exorcism right. and i thought that maybe the uh the horror would pick up then but it really just kind of ends way too fast kind of like this voicemail <laughs> gp baby it's okay he called back uh let me before i play the second email i think i've seen my best friend's exorcism let me just check out there's another movie is, is a horror comedy involving an exorcism. Let me see if this is the one that I saw. My best friend's exorcism. Uh, 2022. No, the one I saw was a couple years ago. I forget what it was called, but it was like um, there was a support group for chicks who had uh, been exorcised. And, like, one of the chicks was like, oh, I miss my demon so much. I can't wait to have him inside me again. And all his way. It was more of a comedy. Uh, and uh, I don't remember much about it. I remember it had some some, some chuckles in it. Um, it apparently is not this movie. So I have just wasted everybody's time. Well done, Darian. Back to Tom Hardy. G motherfucking P. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Uh, sorry, but as I was saying, uh, it's just very light on the horror. Okay. Not very uh, funny in the comedy department. Uh, I kind of recommend stay away. More teeny bopper, I guess. Okay. But, uh, yeah, yeah, not not the best. Yeah, I don't need it. Uh, I did get to catch because of that. I had to feel like I I needed a good horror comedy to okay. rinse it out with. Give and, me a good one. So I watched uh, Dale and Tucker versus Evil, Evil again. Baby, yeah. Always a fun one. Uh, I'm sure everyone's seen it. Uh, <laughs> I believe it was on Hulu or Net. It was one of them. And Sounds about right. I was like, ah, man, I need something good. So I caught that. And then I got to catch this other flick on Hulu okay. uh, called Grim Cuddy. Uh, and, uh, I've heard about it. i got to say, this is a pretty good flick. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, I definitely say give it a try. Okay. I know I'm probably going to stir some shit by saying it. I think it's one of those, quote-unquote, elevated horror flicks. Oh, good Lord. But I actually thought it was pretty good, done well. Okay. Um, not beating you over the head with their message, but still it's entertaining. Okay. Uh, one problem I have with it, and I'm almost hesitant to say this, huh. but uh, I just want to put it out there because if What's everyone's that? looking at the actual monster and wondering, hey, why does this fucker look familiar? Why is he so familiar looking? I swear to Christ, they use the model for fucking Gru from uh, Despicable Me. Oh, wow. When you look at the photo on, like, the, the image, thumbnail, the thumbnail yeah. I guess, before you play it, you're like, no, no, that ain't right. When you see the actual critter know exactly in the you're movie, you're like, that's fucking Gru, for God's sake. Oh, no. Anyway, all in all, I thought it was a good flick. Highly recommend it. Okay. Uh, hope all is well. Love you like... Oh, 
one last thing, Mr. Brock. Sir. I did drop in the mail to you uh, another selection. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's a lighter a brew than last time. I oh, just okay. realized after I dropped it in the mail, oh, fuck, I didn't include a note with it. You did not. Because I'm sitting there holding the damn note. That's okay. I uh, just said, hey, it's a lighter brew. Hope you enjoy it. I know you mentioned you're not a beer drinker. Hey, share it around. I will. Pour it in a glass. I'm going to drink it anyway. bottle fermented. Okay. And I included a little something extra in yeah, there you for you. Since you had mentioned you had to uh, dispose <laughs> prior to it may look familiar. It may. Hey, hope yes, all is well. it may. Love you, my family. Son of Bye. a bitch. <laughs> Tom Hardy, you got me, you motherfucker. You sent me my own porn back. I didn't want it. That's why I sent it to you. God damn it. Uh, I'm going to drink that beer, Tom Hardy. And if it's anything like the last batch, it was really good. So um, I'm going to wait till I feel better, though, and I get my palate back because I want to enjoy it. And I'm going to tell you right now, my friend, you want to go into business? Let's get this thing going. I'll have Jason Harrell set up the website. And uh, like I said, consider your product sold to about six or five people that listen to this podcast. (laughs) It's really good beers. Uh, Spectral Stagecoach uh, Brewing. Love it. Right on, Tom Hardy. Uh, thank you guys very much for calling and writing in, and your well wishes. I feel uh, better than I did last week. And uh, rest assured, I don't care. I don't care what's wrong with me or how I feel or don't feel. You're going to have this fucking show every Tuesday night for the foreseeable future until, uh, I don't know, I get throat cancer. Or um, I'm clearly not going to run out of horror movies. Um, maybe I'll... Uh, my wife will divorce me or something. I don't know. Until something catastrophic happens, more important than me just not feeling good, you're going to have the Padded Room Podcast, whether you like it or not, okay? Uh, write, write in if you feel like it. The Padded Room email is thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. Give me a call. Uh, talk some shit. That's fine, too. Uh, area code 775-387-0275 is the mental health hotline. Now, however, my friends, we must get ourselves into a movie. Should I give you to him? Should I take you myself? I could use the crap. He kills girls and videotapes. That's his thing. You told me this guy was dead. Dead guys don't just get up, and they sure as hell don't keep killing people. I know what this guy does, all right? That girl doesn't have very long. He's a monster. Ah, they're coming to get me. No, don't you hang up. My daughter's alive. Robin! What do we do now? Try not to die. talking about chrome skull laid to rest two from 2011 it got five stars on imdb hard r rating on this one it's directed by robert hall again written by kevin bacardi this time 
stars the Brian Austin Green. Don't act like you don't know who Brian Austin Green is. I know you do. Don't be a, don't be a jerkwad about it. It's Brian Austin Green from Beverly Hills 90210. Uh, Thomas Decker and Mimi Michaels. What have we got going on here, boys? We have officially jumped the shark, as they say, with our uh, little gas station slasher here. <laughs> we are going to some very weird places with this one. Um... Uh, this one, it, oh, okay. I'll just I'll, let me just get you through the story, and it's a very um, involved situation here. So we're gonna we're gonna put our conspiracy hats on because this is gonna take us right into tinfoil hat land. Uh, so our story picks up right where the first one left off, and I mean right where the first one left off, back at the gas station. Princess bashed the face in of uh, Chrome Skull, hopped in the car with Guy Liner Guy. Where are we going? I don't know. Just take me out of here. Okay, how about Atlanta? Sure, drive off. <coughs> As they get about a quarter mile down the road, we see all the cop cars pull into the gas station. And, uh, you know, that's that. Then as the closing, closing credits were rolling on that, we see the cops, like, uh, you know, finding Princess's note. This guy was a nice guy. That guy's the killer. This guy tried to help, but he got a can of uh, fix a flat in his ear. Uh, from with that right there is where we pick up from. So from there, we find out that one of the co- quote unquote cops will recognize as Brian Austin Green. Uh, th- those weren't actually cops that rushed in there. They were quote unquote operatives, <laughs> uh, and they are there. They are. I guess employed by Chrome Skull, and they are his operatives. Uh, they've got a whole protocol already in place for when this sort of thing happens. Now, the ringleader ring of this uh, covert operation is Brian Austin Green himself. I don't think that he's ever given a name in this movie. Let me just make sure, but he's in there. He's telling people what to do, and, you know, hey, you go over there. We got the surgeons in route. You follow the C7 protocol, he says, and stuff like that. His name is Preston. Uh, he's a bit of a dick, but i got to be honest with you, I think he was the shining light in this movie, and I fell in love with Brian Austin Green all over again in this role, and he was dicky, sure, but he's some kind of a middle manager for a slasher dude. And uh, there's all kinds of other players involved here. It's, so what we're going to find out throughout the course of this movie is that Chrome Skull, I guess, is some kind of a... Whoo, uh, well, he's obviously like a, a bazillionaire, right? Because he employs all these knuckleheads that work for him and help him in his slasher endeavors. And... Uh, Apparently, they're all well-paid because they all drive fancy cars and dress in expensive clothes. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how what (laughs) – I don't want to ask too many questions about this, but a little hint would be nice. But up to that point, we're just going to have to sign off on Chrome Skull being some kind of an international – impresario i guess and he controls this vast network of spies and informants and brian austin green is one of his uh middle managers preston so uh they rush chrome skull out of there 
they get him into an ambulance and they take him off and they uh, clean up the crime scene and get rid of all the bodies and all that shit. And then from there, we're going to pick up with uh, Princess, who's no longer played by Bobby Sue Luther. She's played by somebody else who looks similar to Bobby Sue Luther, but is lacking certain quote-unquote assets, if you understand what I'm saying. She does not have the same body type as Bobby Sue Luther. So her and Guy Liner Guy go driving off. They eventually check into a hotel. Uh, Guy Liner Guy's like, oh, you just wait here. I'm going to go get some food and I'll be back and you, you try to, you know, we'll try to figure out what our next move is. So he takes off. Bobby Sue Luther is there by herself. Not Bob, the fake Bobby Sue, fake princess is there by herself. Uh, she hops in the shower. Now we get to see some boobs in this shower scene. And they're nice boobs, but they are clearly not belonging to the actress that is playing princess. And I can say that because we get a little snippet of side boob as she's going into the shower. And then we see like the blood coming off her and she's soaping up and all that stuff. And then we cut to a beautiful full set rack uh, that is spattered in blood and sudsy with soap and all that. Now, those are clearly not the same boobs that we're getting into the shower a minute ago, my friend. It's fine. I'm not one to complain about boobs. Any boobs are good boobs, really, as long as they don't have chest hair. And uh, at least we got to see some. There was none in the last movie. I looked. Uh, so there's that. And then when she comes out of the shower, she's accosted by Brian Austin Preston. I'm just going to call him Brian Austin Green, who is in the hotel room waiting for her where he stabs her and eviscerates her. And all of that hard work she put into surviving the first movie is now nil and void. Now we're going to cut back to Chrome Skull headquarters, which apparently is located in Miami, Florida. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, and so is everything else. So I think this movie was actually set in Florida. But I don't know. I thought they said they were going to Atlanta. Somehow they ended up in Miami. Regardless, uh, that's where the hotel room is. That's where everybody's base of operations is. Now, we're going to cut back to Chrome Skull headquarters where we meet some of his other lackeys. One of which is played by our very own Danielle Harris, who I don't think is ever not super hot right? Have we ever seen an ugly Danielle Harris or a homeless or an unemployed looking Danielle Harris? I don't think we have. Uh, and this one, she's playing a bit of a see you next Tuesday. Uh, still screaming hot and she's at odds with Preston. Let me, I don't think her character had a name either. Now that I think about it, uh, her characters, her character's name was Spawn. I'm assuming that's her last name. Uh, so Spawn played by Danielle Harris is doing like the little cunty kind of snippy taking little shots at Preston and Preston's apparently her boss and she's undermining him and she's going in and talking to Chrome Skull while he's in surgery and stuff like that uh it's like a very uh corporate water cooler water cooler kind of a you know catty waspy environment I would hate to think that if I worked for a fucking slasher and my job was cleaning up dead bodies and scrubbing crime scenes that I'd be at odds with Sheila in accounting about TPS reports. I would like to think that my job has more to do with dismemberment and, uh, I don't know, tracking down young ladies to put them in the gas station or whatever. I don't know. But if I'm being paid that much, I don't want to have to worry about Nadine. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, she's very snippy and she's like kind of, 
going behind Preston's back and talking to Chrome Skull and kind of putting little bugs in his ear about what a dickhead Preston is. It's a whole ass thing. Now we're going to cut back to Guy Liner Guy. I don't care what his name was because he's pretty annoying. And something that's kind of uh, odd, I guess, about this. Guy Liner Guy goes home and immediately starts watching uh, videos of him and his best friend. The one that got killed in part one. Which is leading me to believe that maybe there was more going on between those two. I mean, we didn't really explore those characters very much. But given the emotional reaction of Guy Liner Guy, I think there may have been a gay thing there happening. I don't want to draw any conclusions, but uh, it could be. It could be. He's wearing Guy Liner and... Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not pointing any fingers. I'm just saying that could be a thing. All right. Anyway, uh, now we cut back to uh, Chrome Skull headquarters, where he has survived his surgery. Um, his face is fucked uh, between the hot glue thing and then the the baseball bat mashing. Uh, he is right jacked up in the face. He's not an attractive man. He's got kind of like a. Uh, uh, I guess kind of a two-face vibe from Batman, but with his whole face, I think, is a good comparison. And we only get to see, like, little snippets of it, but he's got, like, exposed teeth, and his fucking face is all melted in certain parts and burned in other parts. He's he's not happy. He's not happy about anything. He comes to, he goes and looks at himself in the mirror, punches the shit out of the mirror, uh... Daniel Spawn goes in there and she's like, oh, don't worry, I brought you something. And she brings him his chrome skull mask, which he puts back on. And now he feels pretty good. And she's like, oh, I brought you something else too. And then she shows him a video of a hot blonde waitress uh, bebopping around like one of those uh, Sonic burgers on roller skates. And he's, she's like, I think she'd be perfect for the next play area. Get your, get your spirits up, you know, get you back out there and moving around. So... I guess he's thinking to himself, yeah, I want to kill this hot blonde, uh, and then I'll feel much better about my wrecked fucking face. Uh, Okay? So we're going to sign off on that. Now we're going to cut to that hot blonde in her everyday life, and we're going to kind of jump in and out of found footage land here. I don't know why. It's a a little busy, but we're just going to do it. Uh, We're going to find out uh, more about her. Uh, Her name is Nancy, and she suffered, excuse me, Jess, I'm sorry. Nancy was her snippy friend. Uh, Jess, and she suffers from a degenerative eye disease, apparently. And uh, we open up with her seeing a doctor about it. And he's like, we're going to schedule for surgery. We think we can stop this degenerative eye disease and save you from going blind. But we have to do it fast, like next week. And she's like, "Uh, I don't know. Okay, let's just do it. I don't want to be blind. So she signs up for the surgery next week. In the meantime, she's continually losing her eyesight, uh, and that's pretty fucked up. So from there, we jump into like her mom videotaping the doctor's visit, and then we go to like a weird video diary of her and her bitchy friend getting high and, I don't know, uh, parading around in their underwear. I really hated her bitchy friend. I don't know why. She just had a face that kind of reminded me, I guess, of somebody else that I don't like. I don't know who. I can't put my finger on it. But I don't like her, and uh, she's going to die very soon. As a matter of fact, as they're having this little smoke weed and parade around in our underwear party, Chrome Skull shows up, gets inside their apartment, and uh, kills the bitchy friend. But not 
Jess. Uh, this part was pretty cool because he throws the big knife and it catches the bitchy friend like in the cheek and then he grabs her head and rips the blade up and it like shaves off like a third of her head from the side, if that makes sense, to include a good chunk of her brain, which kill- <coughs> excuse me, kills her. And then Jess comes out and sees the body, freaks right out and calls the cops. Okay, pretty pretty scary stuff right there. Um, why didn't he just kill Jess on the spot? I assume it's because he wants to get her in this quote-unquote play area situation. Now, in the meantime, Brian Austin Green, Preston, is doing trying to do his job and track down the loose ends from the gas station. He uh, somehow accesses the videotapes from the gas station and he gets the license plate from the car uh, that uh, Guy Liner Guy was driving and he tracks that down to Guy Liner Guy's apartment. Uh, Guy Liner Guy shows up at his apartment, gets into a weird passive-aggressive argument with his very hot and somewhat British roommate over when the rent's due, and he's like, you just don't understand, my friend just died, okay, leave me alone, oh, get you your money, oh. and then he goes and continues watching his videotapes of him and his friend, in the meantime, Chrome Skull shows up at his apartment, and you would think this would be a good time to go ahead and quote-unquote tie up that loose end and kill Guyliner Guy, but instead he decides to kill the, the hot roommate instead. I think at this point we can say that Chrome Skull has a thing for hot chicks. I mean, don't we all, but he really likes to like stab hot chicks and he's willing to let other people, other dudes go if he can get his assigned hot chick. And in this case, this hot chick just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. This was a hot chick of opportunity is what I'm going to call her. Uh, anyway, stabs her, does the same evisceration move on her. Uh, very cool. Uh, takes off out of there. Now we've got a couple of cops on the scene, man. And, uh, as got, so they find the dead body of princess there in the hotel room. These two cops show up, uh, they're asking questions. They, they connect her to guy liner guy and they take guy liner guy down for questioning. They let him go. Uh, he goes back to the apartment the night that, uh, his hot roommate gets killed they show up to question him again, but they don't go inside to see the dead roommate. They take Guy Liner Guy down to the, the precinct there and question him there instead. In the meantime, uh, the other chick, they're like connecting the cases because the going blind chick uh, has a dead body with like a matching kind of wound, like knife wound or whatever. So they're connecting those two cases and now they're worried about uh, Guy Liner Guy. And then they also got like... Uh, on uh, Jess's weird cool pics camera from 2010, they got like a quick snippet of Chrome Skull leaving the apartment. So they're like, oh, you said you saw a guy in a Chrome Skull mask, right? And he's like, yeah, he killed the my friend at the gas station. And then they show him the pic of that. Oh, is that him? Yeah, it's him. Holy shit, it's Chrome Skull. So now we know that Chrome Skull killed uh, Jess's bitchy friend and Princess... They can connect those two cases. They don't know about Guy Liner Guy's roommate, though. So that's a whole other thing. <coughs> Excuse me. So from there, they're keeping Guy Liner Guy there at the precinct because they think, you know, he's probably going to come after this dude, too. So we should keep him here for, you know, keep him safe and stuff. Now, at this point in the movie, I'm saying to myself, 
Chrome Skull is some kind of a Illuminati type of a guy. You know what I mean? He's got all these dudes working for him. These motherfuckers are running around cleaning crime scenes, tracking down loose ends, killing other dudes. Clearly, he he's got somebody that can ha- that he's probably got some some cops in his pocket too, right? So I'm thinking one of, if not both, of these cops are working for Chrome Skull. That's where I'm at in the movie. Uh, I'll get more to that in a minute. Don't worry. Uh, from there, Brian Austin Green shows up at the uh, 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 police precinct, chloroforms Guyliner guy, and drags him out of there. That takes balls. I got to give it to Brian Austin Green, man. He's had a, he had a set on him in this one. While that's going on, a different set of motherfuckers go and round up Jess, the going blind chick, uh, chloroform her, throw her in a coffin. Now, while all that was going on, Spawn, Danielle Harris, has set up a new quote-unquote play area for Chrome Skull. And by play area, I mean consider this a round of Dead by Daylight and, and Chrome Skull is our killer. And all he wants to do is uh, chase somebody around a designated area that they cannot leave and eventually stab the piss out of him. And he'd greatly prefer if it was a hot chick. And uh, that is the play area as we know it, as they call it, I suppose. All right, excellent. Well done. Good good, good on you there, uh, Danielle Harris. Um, in the meantime, Danielle Harris is getting closer and closer to Chrome Skull. She's like shaving his head for him and giving him like shoulder massages and things like that. And he's they're watching uh, surveillance footage of Brian Austin Green and they're like she's like, "Oh, look at him. He's mocking you now. Oh, he thinks he decides who lives or dies. That's your job, boss." Oh. Getting all pissy about it. You know what I mean? In the meantime, Brian Austin Green is out working his ass off trying to clean up this whole mess from the first movie. And uh, to be honest with you, he's doing a pretty fucking good job. So we got that going for us. Now, at this point in the film, the play area has been set. It is a chrome, uh, ironically enough, a chrome plating uh, facility that has been disused. Uh, they've set it up, they put, uh, they brought the girl in in a coffin, and they put a bunch of other coffins in there, I guess that's just what they do, uh, they also brought Guyliner guy in there, because they know that, uh, you know, they're gonna, you're gonna have to kill that guy too, you might as well have some fun with it, uh, <coughs> excuse me, while that's going on, uh, Jess's mom is freaking out, because nobody can find, she can't get a hold of her daughter and all that shit, uh, she's calling the cops. Cops are looking for her. Uh, they like track her cell phone. So Jess gets out of the coffin and starts running around. Uh, she tries, but they left her cell phone in the coffin with her. I'm not sure what the fucking point of that was, but apparently whenever you try to use your cell phone in this particular chrome plating uh, facility, it what, your conversation just gets blasted out over the uh, the loudspeakers which also seem unnecessary in a chrome plating facility. I don't know. I don't know anything about chrome plating, but they got some weird shit going on here. Anyway, uh, Brian Austin Green shows up. He's like, hey, 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 hey. Calm your ass down. Get back in the coffin. Uh, The boss is going to come here. He's going to do some terrible shit, and then you're going to be dead, and then that'll be that. Sorry, but uh, get, get your fucking ass back in the coffin. Uh, She's like, no, there you go. I can't see anything. Uh... While that's going on, uh, Spawn, Danielle Harris, 
has finally convinced Chrome Skull to fire Brian Austin Green. Now, Chrome Skull can't talk at all anymore. Apparently, his in the acid and the baseball bat, his larynx has been completely crushed, and so is his vocal cords. So the only way he can communicate is via this weird web chat kind of a thing, where uh, Brian Austin Green has to like talk to a to a monitor, and then like text chat comes up, and he basically tells him that he's fired. So there's Brian Austin Green. Uh, he's got the two the the guy lighter guy and the uh, hot chick that's going blind, and he's like. Well, how do you like that? I put in all this work, I clean up all the loose ends, and he just goes and shit cans me. This is bullshit. So he kind of paces around for a little bit, and I thought this part was kind of cool. And this is like, I'm not, I'm not a fan of this movie. I really like Brian Austin Green in it, and this is my favorite part of the movie, where <laughs> Brian Austin Green goes up to the two survivors, and he's like, uh... Tell you what, I want you two guys to run around here. Uh, Find something to hit me over the head with or maybe stab me. Something fun. I'm going to be right back and then I'm going to kill you both. I thought that, I don't know what it was about that part. Maybe it was the way he played it or just the finality of it. In the meantime, we get this very cool Brian Austin Green turning into Chrome Skull montage. He goes out to a shady tattoo artist and gets the chrome skull tattoo right in the middle of his chest. I got to tell you, as far as tattoo, like horror movie tattoos go, that one's pretty dope. It's like a big skull with the two giant knives coming out of it. Uh, he also goes and has like his metal worker guys build him a special uh, kind of a weapon. Now, th- I didn't care for this part because the, the weapon that they build for him is very silly. It's basically a fidget spinner uh, with a bunch of those hunting blades coming out of it. That's impossible to use. You know what I mean? There's no way you can use that on a person without slicing your own wrist open. Unless, you know, you're some kind of a kung fu master or you have it whipping around on a chain or something. It's, It's very silly. It's cool to look at, but I don't see how it's tactically feasible to use that in a combat situation. Anyway, that part's kind of dumb. And then he uh, shaves his head, and then he puts the uh, chrome skull mask on, and then he goes back to the facility, and he's about to let the two uh, guy lighter guy and Jess out of the uh, cage that he put them in. He's like, oh, I'm coming to kill you. And they're like, guess what? We got a hold of the cops. They're on their way. He's like, it doesn't matter. You'll be dead by then. But then... Here's the real problem. The real Chrome Skull shows up behind him and does a pretty cool move with two regular hunting blades where he whips, he's attached chains to him somehow and he whips, he throws them both at Brian Austin Green and they slam into his shoulder blades and then he reels them back in using the chains. I don't think that would actually work, but I'm trying not to ask too many questions about this. Uh, he hauls him up and puts him on, like, props him up against a cage. <coughs> and then just goes full-on Ginsu, uh, you know, Cuisinart on Brian Austin Green. And basically decapitates him in a very uh, kung fu kind of fashion with the knives. And that kind of sucks. Because I don't know about you guys, but I was actually rooting for Brian Austin Green in this movie. From there... 
we get our usual cat and mouse game. Uh, uh, real Chrome Skull lets the two out of the cage, and then he starts slowly stalking them around. There's a really dumb part right here that I had a problem with. So, uh, in letting them out of the cage, he goes at the cage with a pair of bolt cutters. Uh, they lock themselves in the cage using like a uh, crowbar and a chain to like pop it closed. Uh, he can't get in that way, so he goes through with bolt cutters and starts cutting the chain links. Uh, he gets like halfway through and then just stops. He like gets stuck in the chain and Jess is still in the cage. He throws the knife at her and it either, it bit, oh no, it, it, it stabs her, stabs her like in the, uh, quad in the leg now at this point he's unarmed and pretty much helpless stuck in the chain link she pulls the knife out and just continues freaking out and trying to get out of the cage this would have been the perfect time to stab the living piss out of chrome skull you've got a knife he's stuck unarmed and helpless go ahead instead she just, you know, monkey paws her way out of the cage and goes running off into the uh, facility where our game of cat and mouse uh, ensues. Uh, about this time, the actual cops show up. Uh, there was a scenario with the dirty cop and he kills one of the other cops. We knew it. I knew it. I spotted it. I told you it was going to happen and it did happen. And then he's walking around. He's like, hey, I want my money. You told me if I uh, helped you clean this up, you'd pay me. And then I think Brian Austin Green popped out at that point and stabbed him before he got killed. Uh, but the other cop shows up with like a squad of cops. Uh, but <laughs> now I'm not one to nitpick, mind you. But if you're watching this scene, you have the cop, the one that has been we've seen throughout the movie. And he shows up in a suit with a gun holster and uh, his badge on his belt. He looks like a cop. All of his quote-unquote squad look like they just got out of bed, and they're all wearing, like, sweatpants and uh, hoodies and stuff. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, needless to say, they all go pouring into this uh, chrome warehouse, whatever, and they all get picked off one at a time by Chrome Skull in uh, pretty gruesome slasher, uh, you know, ways that he he would be known to do. Uh Finally, a uh, guy liner guy gets killed. He gets stabbed. Uh, they get into like a basement level where uh, Chrome Skull, and finally it's down to like the one good cop and uh, Jess. And Jess is just running around screaming. The good cop finds her in the basement. She's trying to get out, but Chrome Skull's in the basement with her. Uh, she like kicks him and then tries to get up the ladder. And then the good cop shows up and just un- unload, empties the clip into Chrome Skull and then pulls Jess out and then takes her outside. Uh, from there, a bunch of uh, FBI agents are waiting. Now, I could be wrong about this. Cat, Cat, you said you just watched this, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, Cat. But one of the FBI, quote-unquote, FBI agents was Danielle Harris. So, I have to believe that these are not actual FBI agents, that they are, in fact, operatives of Chrome Skull. Correct? If that's true, there's a credit cookie. <laughs> there's a credit cookie in this movie, which isn't going to make a lick of sense because the main FBI agent co- shows up and he's like, oh, we've been tracking this guy. We, we're on this case. You just hand her over and we need your files and we're going to do that. And the good cop is like, take her. I quit anyway. And here's my let- letter of resignation. 
So they take uh, Jess and they drive off. Now, I was led to assume that uh, they were taking her off to be murdered because they were working for Chrome Skull. But that's pretty much the end of your movie, except uh, very quickly before the camera, uh, or before the credits roll, we look down to the basement and we see a discarded bulletproof vest that we have to assume that Chrome Skull was wearing, thus alluding to possibly a third installment and him getting off uh, surviving the uh, the gunshots. So there's that. But after that, we have we roll credits, and then there's a credit cookie where uh, the FBI, the apparently these guys were re- real FBI agents because the ones that we just saw are now questioning uh, Mrs. Chromians, which I believe would be Jesse Chromian's wife, i.e. Chrome Skull's wife, who is pregnant. And they're like, hey, your husband is uh, connected to all these murders. You know anything about it? And she's like, no. He makes a lot of money and he travels a lot. And uh, he's a good man other than that. And they're like, well, here's some pictures. And she's like, oh, my God, he's a monster. And then she grabs one of the FBI agent's guns and blows her own head off. And then we get a quick snippet of Chrome Skull walking down a street uh, where everybody's wearing costumes. I assume it's New Orleans maybe or maybe he went to a Halloween parade or something. I don't know. That's that's the end of your movie, uh, credit cookie included. Uh, I <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like um, we tried to answer a lot of questions about Chrome Skull, uh, for, about the first movie and the second movie. Questions that I don't think uh, anybody asked or really needed to be answered. How did Chrome Skull take out a, an entire police department? Well, now we can say that he didn't, all of his operatives did, and that makes a lot more sense. But how the fuck does Chrome Skull have, like, a goddamn spy network full of informants, and uh, where is he getting all of his money, man? What, what, is he the head of some cartel or something? I just, I'm just, that that's the big question right there. And we could have we solved that. With that FBI interrogation, uh, your husband has been connected to the uh, whatever crime family or the uh, whatever corporation, and we think that they're they're a black market facade or something. You know, just some quick dialogue, just to give us an idea of what the fuck is going on here. Because <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Why do why why would a slasher need a middle manager to uh, help with uh, body disposal? You know. And how do you have this many people working for you and setting up these quote-unquote play areas without anybody growing a conscious and being like, "Whoa, this is fucked up." Hey, we gotta we gotta get these girls out of here. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna talk to some cops. How does that not? I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking about it too much, or maybe this is just a bit on the silly side. I really liked uh, Laid to Rest one. Um, not a huge fan of Chrome Skull, but I did love Brian Austin Green and Danielle Harris. I'll put that out there. Uh, that being said, I think it's time for me to take a break and maybe a cough drop, inmates.
Hey inmates, if you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I am back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm feeling a bit better. I had some echinacea tea during the break. My wife said it's supposed to help with the, uh, I don't know, the hoarseness. Am I, am I coming across hoarse? I hope not. I, maybe I, maybe it sounds, maybe it's a sexier voice for me. What do you think? I'm still very nasally though, so I feel like I'm a cross between Michael Madsen and uh, the guy that played uh, uh, in Grandma's Boy, the the doofus guy. Uh, Nick Swarston is who I'm thinking of. I don't know. I don't think it's sexy. I think it's just annoying. Uh, let's get into the Terradome, inmates. What do you say? No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. I'm gonna bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll be crazy. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotional face, the blackest eyes, the devil's To the Terradome. We're going to start things off with last week's winners. In teams competition, we had the Predators versus the Sawyer family. The three strangers stood outside the Sawyer house, motionless and silent. No one knew how long they'd been there and no one cared. They'd picked the wrong house to gawk at. Bubba was the first through the door, a chainsaw roaring in the night. He was met with a steel talon from the first hunter's wrist and fell effortlessly. That's when the shooting started. With a vote of 5-4, to four, the Predators advance over the Sawyer family. Admittedly, I thought that was going to be a blowout. Turns out it was much closer than I thought. From what I understand, there was some bribery involved, Alan. Just saying, by all means, feel free. You don't have to bribe me. Bribe everybody else. But if there's boobs involved, it should... I would, I would like to be a part of it. That's all I'm saying. Please. Uh, that is it for the Terra Dome matchup. I'm no matchup this week, inmates. I am, however, going to run you through the conference championships. In the Inferno Conference, it's going to be Cenobites versus Critters. And in the Asylum Conference, it's going to be Brides of Dracula versus Predators. Some hot matchups coming our way. We'll resume those next week. 
Uh, in the meantime, feel free to reach out to me. Tell me what you think of the matchups, who you think's going to win. No voting this week. We'll pick that up again next week. Um, Mental Health Hotline, of course, is area code 775-387-0275. Or the regular old email is thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. Or apparently you can send e- you can send mail to my house. Uh, <laughs> I should probably not be as liberal with my home address as I am, especially for the purposes of this podcast. I've got a protocol in place, though, because Tom Hardy is not the first person to send me something to my house. Um, Crack House Matt did it once. Um, I think Alan sent me something. The, the thing is, what I do is I get the box. I sniff it first. I got to give a good sniff. Now, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get some dog shit in the mail at some point. Uh if I don't smell anything, then I open it slowly and in uh, usually the garage away from my family. It's a good thing the protocol is in place because with the package I got yesterday, I got greeted by two handfuls of porn. So worked out nicely. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to tell you what movies I got to watch this week in a little segment I call, What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at? I got a few things in here. Uh, How about uh, American Horror Story 1984? I marathoned that son of a bitch. It's from 2020. I got to tell you, this one might be one of my favorites. I'm going to, I still got um, double feature in New York City to get into and the two seasons of American Horror Stories. But this one was really good. I really liked this one. And the reason I liked it is because it went to a place that I've always wanted to go to. And what I'm talking about is you have the summer camp, right? You have the slasher that comes in and kills a bunch of kids and somehow gets taken down by the end credits. And then uh, all the bodies are removed and all that. But what's left behind after that? You know what I'm saying? Why has there never been a good haunted post-slasher summer camp movie? Because I feel like that is money in the bank. Why have we not gone back to Crystal Lake after Jason has uh, brought forth the apocalypse on these bitches? You know, that, 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 that's like a whole other thing that could happen. I don't know why nobody's ever thought of it except for me and apparently uh, Ryan Murphy. So I'm glad he and I have that in common. I hope he didn't get that idea from this podcast. Actually, I'd be, it'd be pretty cool, but I would like like some royalty checks or something if he did. I really love that about this this episode this uh, season. <coughs> no Evan Peters, no Sarah Paulson, no Jessica Lange. Um, who did we have in there? We had uh, fucking uh, John Carroll Lynch. Um, uh, what's his name? Cody Fern, who played Michael Land- Landon Langdon. The Antichrist guy in uh, Apocalypse. Um, oh, uh, Billy Lord. She's that. This would be her third season, I think. She was in Cult, Apocalypse. Yeah, this would be her third season. Um, I think that was about it, wasn't it? As far as... Oh, uh, what's her name there? Uh, Coco. Uh, fucking... Oh, come on, man. Uh, 
Her uh, Leslie Grossman is her name. She is actually Naomi Grossman's sister, who played Pepper in uh, uh, fucking Asylum and Freak Show. And uh, Leslie, you'll remember as the pilled-up chick from uh, Cult, and also uh, the reality influencer star from Apocalypse. So we've got some recurring faces in there. None of our staples, though. No Evan Peters. No Sarah Paulson. You know, no... Uh, oh, Lily Rebay did come back for this one for a few episodes. Um, other than that, that was it, man. Great, great season. Really like the summer camp. Uh, the way... And then we go back to it in 2019 after it's been abandoned. And there's nothing but ghosts there. Love it. Good stuff. I watched that. And I watched a movie called Hall from uh, 2020. H-A-L-L. Uh, as in Hallway. This one, I don't know how to feel about it. Found this one on Tubi. Basically, a pan, a uh, doomsday virus gets loose in a hotel. And uh, for some reason, it only affects the hallways, though, which is kind of silly if you think about it. And uh, you're good if you stay in your room, but the second you open the door, blammo. So now this uh, mother and her daughter are trying to escape their abusive husband, who is in the hotel room, and they now must venture out into the hall the virus hall to get out of the hotel. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. It's not bad, but you kind of conceptually, you kind of lost me. Really, it should be like pandemic hotel because there's no way that virus is going to stick only in the hallways, right? I don't know. I don't know anything about viruses. Clearly, I'm sick as a dog. That's all I'm looking at, inmates. Uh, how about some immersion therapy then? Yeah. How about some phlegm uh, resituating while we're at it? Oh, that's disgusting. Hopefully by next week this is all done and over with and I can get somebody else in here. Immersion Therapy The Last Circus from 2011. Jesus fucking Christ, man. I've seen the thumbnail to this pop up on many of my uh, recommended for you lists. And I look at it. Excuse me. I look at it and I say to myself, do I need another killer clown movie in my life? Most of them are crap. Other than It, uh, Terrifier, maybe a loose smattering of other ones. And then I read the description, and it's, oh, there's this love triangle and the sad clown and the happy clown. And I think, okay, this is a uh, drawn-out version of Twisty the Clown from American Horror Story. Uh, I, don't, I don't need this. And then I cruise right past it. But I force myself to watch it for the purposes of this show. Holy fucking shit, does this one go off the rails? <laughs> we got car chases. We got Uzis. We got explosives. We got... Um, uh, fucking uh, a guy on a uh, shooting himself out of a cannon on a mini bike into a uh, cathedral, I think, or a uh, cave, underground cathedral. It's a whole fucking thing, man. We got uh, some very exciting sex scenes between uh, the trapeze artist, who is a very attractive young lady. There is there is a lot going on here, my friends. Highly recommend it. 
it doesn't really get into horror town. We it starts off with like this bananas battle scene from World War Two, where this circus is like commandeered by a Spanish resistance and they have to fight off Nazis. <laughs> what the fuck? And that that's the beginning. That's like the first fifteen minutes. You think, oh, okay, this is a World War Two movie, and then from there it jumps into the sixties where the rest of the movie takes place, and then. It's just fucking bananas from there. Everything goes completely haywire. Highly recommend it. Uh, it's a good movie, like, even without the craziness. Because you really feel for the main character and his plight and uh, his love interest who is stuck in this abusive situation. But she's kind of into it in a weird way. And he's trying to get around. He, it ends up driving him insane. It's a whole thing, dude. But the action and the gore and the... The violence is really off the chain. Definitely check this one out. I think I said it was on Hulu. Yeah, that that one's on Hulu. Check that out. Uh, it's Spanish, so you're going to have to read the movie. But it is fucking bananas, as Alan alluded to. Uh, your immersion therapy for this week is going to be Alone in the Dark from 1982. This one stars Jack Palance, Donald Pleasance, and Martin Landau. Uh, you can find this one streaming on Shutter. I think it has something to do with Escape Lunatics. I've never seen it before. Um, check that shit out, inmates. I will do the same, and we will compare notes next week. But now, it is time to educate little old me. Educating Miss Monica. First, my clues from last week. I uh, just got the bad news that my mother's grave has been desecrated, and now I got to go back to this fucking little island town that I grew up in that I really hate and uh, sign some paperwork and get that all sorted out. Uh, unfortunately, it's like the. Uh, not a good time to go because the weather gets kind of crappy out there, and they usually don't let anybody in after a certain date, but I got to get out there anyway. I really hope they let me go after this whole thing is done, and that I don't end up uh, worshiping some underwater deity and becoming uh, part of this Stepford Wives-esque colony. I am, of course, uh, Off Season, which is streaming on Shutter. also. Great movie. It does have Richard Brake in it. Very Lovecraftian. And uh, if you get a chance, check that shit out. I really like that one. It's probably one of my favorites of uh, 2022. Who might I be this week, you ask? Good question. Well, I am a bit of a money-grubbing whore. <laughs> That's not fair. But I likes me some money, and I'm about to marry myself into a very rich family. Actually, I think I already did marry into a very rich family. Uh, they've got a weird tradition where they all go back to the old homestead, which is a palatial estate, by the way, and uh, recount uh, the long-lost sister's death. And mom's there, and uh, all the brothers and sisters are there. Son of a bitch, if my husband didn't just die of a heart attack, uh, I've got to get in there and, you know embed myself with this family before they find out he died of a heart attack. That way I can still be considered part of the family and get a will, but at least put in the will uh, and hopefully get a chunk of change out of this. And, uh, you know, geez, oh shit. By the way, 
now there's random murders happening all over this palatial estate and uh fuck if i really don't want to end up being one of them you know what i'm saying so maybe it's uh at the bottom of the lake here or the little pond that they live next to i don't know i have to figure some shit out and try not to get myself killed all right inmates who might i be you ask tune in next week and i will drop some knowledge on you in the meantime like comment subscribe please wherever you found this show that helps our visibility quite a bit uh we do have a patreon campaign running support.paddedroompodcast.com is where you go to make a donation there five dollars is going to get you a travel mug a padded room t-shirt a uh uh i can now uh send more pornography thank you very much tom hardy let's all thank tom hardy for replenishing my porno stash (laughs) that i was trying desperately to get rid of uh but i can now put that in somebody's uh thing uh, package and uh, there's that join me next week for hush here in Alabama month and I think that's about it for Jason and absentia uh, buddy and absentia my own nasally drones uh, echinacea tea money grubbing whores uh, whores is a, a strong word I don't think that's necessary uh, chrome skull uh, I would I w- wouldn't mind seeing another Chrome Skull movie, to be honest with you. Unfortunately, the director, Robert Hall, has passed away. He died last year. I don't know why or how, uh, but I have a feeling that Chrome Skull probably died with him. So, no more of that. And the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over. I don't trust stairs. They're always up to something.